Blog Talk Radio. Praise God, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio, www.livedeliverance.com. Shalom. This is our Sabbath service. We've had a lot of emails, a lot of response for people to, hey, what's about Saturday worship? Yes, this is the day of my rest, but Jesus taught on the Sabbath, and I, and we are Sabbath keepers here at Live Deliverance in that radio. We've been on for about 16 years. We're a non-denominational internet radio ministry. We're based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and in Kingston, Jamaica. Be back in Kingston, Jamaica, January the 3rd, 2024. I will not be back to the U.S. until July 5th, if it's God's will, 2024. We're going to have an interest in teaching today. We're going to first start with worrying and the need for spiritual warfare. And then we're going to move into schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, a lot of people suffer from schizophrenia, and they don't even know what they're suffering from. And then at 3 o'clock, we're going to move into deliverance. We have some deliverances ministers that's everywhere that's on this station right now listening to us for training, but we have something for other people. Everybody needs to learn deliverance, so be part of it. Amen. All right, let's begin to pray and start off this day that the Lord has given us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Holy Spirit, use me as your oracle. We bind every satanic force in the name of Jesus that was to block a person to take care and take authority over the spirit of slumber. We remove this spirit away from the hearer. Lord, your word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our fault, then he's just and able to forgive us for all unrighteousness. We take this time and opportunity to ask you to forgive us for our sins. Lord, we know that our sins have been forgiven because you died at Golgotha for that, and we thank you for forgiving us. Use me as your oracle, and we ask that the power of the Holy Spirit bring forth its word through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There are a lot of Christians don't recognize the Sabbath, and it is my responsibility, and it is my job to make sure that you, as a born-again Christian who has believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, to tell you that Sunday is not the day of worship for Christians in the Bible. Now, I want to condense this time down with what I'm going to do next week at 2 o'clock from 2 to 3. We're going to teach about the Sabbath because a lot of people don't recognize it. But I want to show you some things briefly concerning this day that most Christians don't even recognize. It's amazing that so many pastors say they're here in the Lord. And the minute I say Sabbath to them, the whole environment changed. But yet they can hear God now. They can hear God. They say they can hear God. But why can't they hear God when it comes to the Sabbath? 
Now, the book of Hebrews is a New Testament. The authors are known in the book of Hebrews. The theme was the better covenant and superior high priest. The date of the writings of the book of Hebrews was in A.D. 67 and 69. Now, in the book of Hebrews, which is the New Testament, it speaks about the Sabbath. Now, I am not a seven-day advantage. That's, let me... Let me get clear this up right now. <laughs> I am not a Seventh-day Adventist worshiper. I am a born-again Christian who worships the Lord by faith through his name. But if you look up in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4, 1. Through the 11th verse, and it reads, Let us therefore fear, least a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Wait a minute now. He is talking about entering into his rest. Let, let, me, let me read this again. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let us Therefore, fear least a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Obedience to Jesus is a result of understanding his rest. Only we who have believed. The saving message of Jesus enters into God's rest. But God rested on the seventh day. Now, I'm not through. Let's go to verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that hear it. So you got to mix the word which you read with faith and believe that this is the Sabbath. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he say, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works was finished from the foundation of the world. For he speak in a certain place of the seventh day. For he spake, S-P-A-K-E, he spake in a certain place of the seventh day. On this wise, this is New Testament. We're not talking about the Old Testament. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Now, if God would have taken that out, and some Christians wish to believe that the Sabbath is gone, it's an Old Testament. No, that's a lie. This is New Testament. And I know that God's going to allow me, if his will, for me to make it next week. Because I'm going to do a whole hour teaching here Saturday from 2 to 3 on the Sabbath. I want to thank Sister Kathleen uh, Favors, my sister in the Lord, who's a member here. God bless you. Welcome. Shalom to you. Welcome to the Sabbath. We're here on every Saturdays. We got so many uh, emails that people really enjoyed that seminar we have. And, and I wanted to respond, and the Lord moved on me to do every Saturday because there are Sabbath keepers. They don't have nowhere to worship. 
Because if they go to the seven-day vintage, they got that right, but they ain't got the demons right. They ain't got the Holy Ghost right. Well, we got it all right here, right out the Bible. So you may say, well, the Sabbath is gone. This is just in the Old Testament. No, 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 no. This is New Testament. Now, next Saturday, I'm going to teach from 2 to 3 on the Sabbath, then from 3 to whatever, whatever the Lord gives me that the body of Christ may need. But before we get into the teachings, we have a threefold teaching today. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. I want you to know that the Sabbath is still applicable for us today. This is New Testament. Let me go recapitulate myself because we have new people coming into the room. And then I want to clarify this. This is coming from the book of Hebrews. This is in the Old Testament. The author is undesignated. The Holy Ghost is the author. The theme is a better covenant and a superior high priest, which is Jesus. The dating of this writing was in A.D. 67 to 69, the book of Hebrews. Now, most Christians would like to say, well, the Sabbath is an Old Testament. We're the New Covenant. Okay, well, since you don't want to believe it in the New Covenant, you have no choice now to believe that this is still a day of rest for those who are born again and saved. Now, I didn't say anything about uh, Seventh-day Adventists. And most Christian pastors that I'm ministering, and I tell them about the evangelist Janet Taylor, she worships on the Sabbath. And when I tell them about the Sabbath, they don't say nothing. They like, oh, he honors the Sabbath. Well, when are you going to honor it? <laughs> you know, it's amazing these pastors can hear God, but they can't even see the basics of the Sabbath. Again, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being, let us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that hear it. So when you read the word, you got to mix it in faith in order for you to believe it. Then he says, for we which have believed do enter into his rest. Now, if you believe, you're supposed to be entering into his rest today. If you believe, you say, if we do believe. And we have Christians today that don't even believe this. But they cast out demons. they speaking in tongues and, you know, all the whole thing. But when it comes to the Sabbath, they don't believe it. Well, if they don't believe the New Testament, then there's nothing else I can do for them. Hebrews 4.3, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter to my rest, although the works was finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day. This is a very special day to God for some reason. I don't care. If it's a special day for him, it's a special day for me. On this wise, and God, G-O-D, God did rest the seventh day from all his works. This is in the book of Hebrews. Since you don't want to believe it, it is in the Old Testament. Well, here's the New Testament. This is the New Covenant. And let me clarify this. A lot of Christians believe that certain things in the Old Testament they can't, they can't use anymore. That's a lie. There's only 
one thing that you can't do in the Old Testament no more. You can't go forgive and go out there and cut a goat and say, I'm going to use this blood for my forgiveness. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. That's gone. But the book of Psalms is applicable for wisdom, for being comfort. The book of Proverbs gives astounding amounts of wisdom and finances. The book of Ecclesiastes fill you with being simple-minded and being able to use the wisdom that God gives us in order to navigate our lives successfully. The book of Genesis is the creation of earth and, and the form, the foundation of mankind. That's still applicable today. Only thing is not applicable is human uh, uh, animal sacrifice. We don't need the Ark of the Covenant no more. We have a new covenant, Christ Jesus, but that didn't change the Sabbath. In Hebrews 4, verse 5, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, if... And a lot of people don't understand that this is a day of rest. I really enjoy teaching on, on Saturdays because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a peace. It's a clear and really can hear real good on, on this day. And I do a lot of deliverances on the Sabbath. At Friday, we start at 630. I, sometimes I don't get off to 430, in the morning. And uh, Jesus casts out demons on the Sabbath. Seeing, therefore... Hebrews 4, 6, seeing therefore it remained that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And that's still applicable today. Again, he lied, a, he laid a certain day saying in David, today after so long a time as it was said, today if ye will hear his voice, hearken not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then he not afterward have spoken of another day. He never did spoke of another day because he says he's the Lord of Sabbath in the book of Mark. The Son of God is Lord of Sabbath on this day. He didn't change it. He could have changed it, but Jesus didn't. He abided by his Father. So where are these churches and who did, who is told them to go on Sunday? It comes from Constantine. Pope Constantine changed the Catholic Church, changed Sabbath to Sunday to make a peace with the Druze, and that's how you got all Halloween, all Hallow Eves. God didn't change it, neither did Jesus. So Jesus says he could have changed it. He did in Hebrews 4, 7. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, hearken not your heart. For if Jesus, this is the Son of God, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? He didn't. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And you ain't even doing it. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into the rest, lest any man fail the same or the same example of unbelief. It's unbelief. You don't believe in it. Now, you will fail if you don't believe in it because it's unbelief. You don't believe that the Sabbath is the day of rest. Well, the Bible says, let us labor 
therefore to enter into his rest. This is the New Testament I'm giving you. Least any man fail after the same example of unbelief. Now, if that doesn't get it, that's, that's, we're going to stay in the New Testament on the Sabbath because I don't, you, 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 you want to run, but not today. You're going to have to deal with this. And some of you who are listening to me, you're going on the wrong day. It's going to be a sin to you tomorrow when you go there. Now you know the truth. I warn you, Ezekiel 3, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. You've been warned. We had a brother in here came from deliverance, and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. I said, hey, man, you, you need to say goodbye to the Sundays. I don't do no Sundays. If anybody wants me to teach, it's going to be a Wednesday night or Tuesday. I really don't even want to go there. I can just hook it up on your, on your Internet, and I can come right, right, out, right at this office where I'm at. Sunday's not the day. So let's see this here in the New Testament. And next, the will of the Lord allows me, next Saturday, we're going to do a whole hour of teaching of the Sabbath for people who really need some scriptures to define what I'm saying. But briefly, we see here in Mark chapter 2, verse 26, he says, how he went into the house of God in the days of Apophysia, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for that priest which gave also to them which was with him. And he said in him, the Sabbath, this is Jesus, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us because God rested and we're in his image. Therefore, the Son of Man, that's Jesus, is Lord also of the Sabbath. So he didn't change it. And in the book of Hebrews, it said he could have changed it. He didn't. So if Jesus didn't change it, why you changed it? Who told you to worship on Sunday? Where you get that from? For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not, after of another day, Hebrews 4.8. Don't believe the lie. Now, we're going to move into the sermon for the day, worrying. And then we're going to move into deliverance after this. Worrying. Worrying is a lack of spiritual warfare, point blank. Worrying reduces and causes so many complications in the human body. Heart attack, stroke, gluttony, inability to sleep, no rest, soul can't rest, high blood pressure. And then it opens up other doors. Oh, yes. Alcohol, trying to escape the problem. I used to be like that. Boy, we all really need to thank the Lord. We want to deal about this worrying, and then we also want to come into the area of a problem that a lot of people don't have. Even with their worrying, it's real harder for them because they have two personalities. And a lot of you do have it, too schizophrenia 
You're double-minded. I've been getting delivered from it for 15 years. That's right. So I want you to briefly turn with me to your Bibles about worrying. When you worry, you're not putting what you read to work with faith. When you worry, you're not putting to work your faith. You may read the scripture, but you're still worrying. You're still allowing the enemy You are allowing the enemy open up a door for demons. Please drink a lot of water wherever you at. I drink a lot of water. Also drink put ginger with water. It's nasty. Boil the ginger. Boil the garlic. Put honey in, honey in it, or do like I do. I take ginger, garlic, boil it. Then after I boil it, it cool off. Then I put it in a glass and drink it. It will bring lots of health to your body. Now, the worrying, a lot of people do this, and you don't have no right to worry when the Lord says, and my God shall meet all your needs according to his riches and his glory. You don't have no faith. Worrying comes from a lack of faith. Whatsoever not is the faith to sin, Romans fourteen twenty three. Whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. You are sinning when you are worrying. It can't add one cubit to your life. You sitting up here letting the devil bring all kind of crazy thoughts to you. How are you going to get something done? And you have already gotten it done if you would use spiritual warfare. So when you worry, there's no way you got faith. And he that doubted is damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You're opening up your door to a sin and you don't even realize it. Boy, we need to thank the Lord for his mercy, his kindness, and his grace. That has been really pondering in my spirit this whole week. The Lord has been really, I've been really grateful just to be here to teach. I'm <laughs> an ex-drug addict. Man, please. Ain't nothing but the grace of God. Now, when you worry, there's no way you got your arm of God on. It's just impossible. (laughs) Can you take the word of God and mix it with faith? And when that time of worry is starting to bother you, you just pick up your Bible. And you open up Philippians. Chapter 4, and you read this to the devil, if it takes you to read it all day, 
If it take whatever it take for you to believe it, believe it. I don't care what circumstances you're in, God can fix it. I would like to give you a testimony after I give you this scripture to encourage you not to worry. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply your needs. I have a testimony. I talked about suffering and trials and tribulation and putting your trust totally in the Lord. My water went out in my house. Let me give you the testimony. My water buff. I prayed in tongues. I could hear the devil say, well, you got a speaker here for the church. Why don't you go in there and palm it? The Lord just said me to go palm uh, the radio ministry stuff that people send tithes and offerings to support this ministry in order for me to keep this thing on air. God didn't tell me that. See, when you worry, you're opening up doors to demons in your soul. I will quote Philippians 4.19 every day. Now, let me show you something. When you worry, the devil sees it. He's a thief now. The thief's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. You are not wrestling with flesh and blood. So when you're worrying, you really ain't thinking about no demon. Your mind is on how I'm going to pay this light bill. <laughs> but the demon's got you doing it. This is a spiritual war in everything we do. It is spiritual. Please listen to me. I had no water. I had to go to Planet Fitness to work out every day, which I need to go back. And after I work out, I take a shower. This went on for two months. I trusted the Lord. I saw listening to Kenneth Hagin. I started laughing at the devil. I said, you're a liar. And then the Lord, and then the devil said, why don't you teach prosperity? You get about $1,000 in one day. I'm not doing that. The Lord didn't tell me to do that. See, all these thoughts start coming when you're worrying because what the devil wants you to do is to bite on his bait of thought that you can do privately against God. I've had women tell me they, had, they sold their body. They asked God to forgive them for some money. That's prostitution. Oh, I'm just using this. It could be any other number of days. But I stood. Then my air condition went out. The Lord told me, go read the book of Job. I open up in Job chapter 1. And when I open up in Job chapter 1, the next day, my transmission went out in my car. Bam! I still trust God. Then the Lord showed me what was wrong with the transmission. He told me, you got, you had to rebuild transmission. I said, that's right. Then even, I, I, you know, I'm doing ministry. The Lord fixed that. I was teaching in here at 96 degree temperature. The Lord said, go to Home Depot and open up an account. I said, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? I test the spirit. They approved me for a card. 
I paid $467 for an air-conditioned unit right here, and I'm at the office here in the ministry with air-conditioned. And the Lord told me, don't get nothing in that house. They gave me a $3,000 limit. He said, don't get nothing in that house until I tell you what to get. Pay that off. I cut yards. I don't get that much on this radio ministry. I I, I trust the Lord. I don't get a whole lot. I got a 2001 Ford Taurus. I live a very simple life. And whatever I get, I have to pay these radio bills. So I cut yards 62 years of age, 15 yards a day, 95-degree temperature. And I said, I'm going to trust the Lord. Put the lawn on the back of my trunk. Put the blower in the car and just roll and start cutting yards. I used to do that years ago. I said, I'm going to work, Lord, and wait on you. Then my friend, a brother R.J., brother in the Lord, came by. He said, hey, man, what's you, where your house leaking for? Open the garage. My, when my air condition went out, I had some H460 Freon. The H22, $1,100 to $460. It's another version. You have to turn it upside down, and I got to like, put a one pound in it. Um, and then I found out that my AC went out. I said, I trust the Lord. The Lord fixed that. Then my fan blower went out. The Lord fixed that. Then the brother who came to my house, he said, hey, man, I need that 420. Here's what I do. If you let me get that because I got a leak in my air conditioner, I just wanted to hold me for the next year. I'll get that, and, or, and you give me that, and I'll swap it and repair your pipe, and my pipe is fixed. I had an estimate before he came. They said 1100 I got it done for free because I waited on the Lord. Now, God shows no respect to person. God loves you just as well as you love me. The first we come last and the last we come first. Ain't about no apostle. And just call me Brother Emmett. I really don't like titles. Call me Brother Emmett. I don't like titles. I prayed about that. Apostle is one who's sent to do radio. Everybody know that. So don't, I'm not in the apostle Emmett over. Just Brother Emmett. That, that, I'm humble. Don't, it, look here. Being an apostle is a lot of suffering. I'm not talking about one that uses the names with glory. The apostles of the scum of the earth, just Brother Emmett. But as I trust the Lord, God came through for me. Now, during the time of me trying to trust the Lord, the devil was trying to get me to worry. Oh, he's good at that. Don't you know that Satan suggests thoughts to Eve and said, you, hey, you won't be God if you eat the apple. You, you, you know good wisdom. He suggested a thought to that woman, and she ate that apple. Well, why are you in your trial? The devil can say, hey, she, young, young woman told me, the devil told me her, she was an ex, a drug addict, ex-prostitute, going out there and sell, sell some, make you some money real quick, and get on crawler. And the Lord told her, don't do that. Young man I know in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, don't sell drugs no more. Born again, say, let, let, it, let it go, trying to serve God. Hit the devil, trying to tell him, go on, go back out there and get you an eight ball. That's three and a half grams of cocaine. I used to sell drugs. You can make $700 off eight ball if you split it and put cut on it. Cut is a pile that you put to stretch the cocaine. I was out there. The Lord told him, don't do that. So the devil will bring these crazy thoughts to you. 
And the purpose of him doing that, if you're in a situation, if you were in, is to get you to do something opposite of trusting in God. Now, the Bible says in Ezekiel 38, something very interesting about that. Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 10. Thus says the Lord God, it shall come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind. Uh Uh-oh. And thou shalt think an evil thought. And the devil gets you to think that evil thought, bam. You're going to go do something against God and cause yourself to sin. So I said, I'm going to cut some yards. I'm out here just a cutting. Drinking water and everything. Back hurting. I got pins in my back. And the Lord told me, did I tell you to cut that yard, cut some yards? Now, the Bible says if a man should not work, he should not eat. Second Thessalonians 3.10. I work full time. I'm disabled. I have eight pins in my back. Man, it was burning. But I said, did I tell you, which is a good, honest thing, are you trusting in me or your ability to cut that yard? There's nothing wrong with working. He didn't say I was in sin, but he showed me something. Don't do nothing illegal. Make some money. Ask God to protect it. It's not wrong. I was working trying to Repair my house. I'm a man. God honored that. He said, I'm going to bless you. Just teach my word and don't compromise my word and suffer. I said, oh, boy. And I've been through it, and God did not leave me. He's not going to leave you. But the devil will paint a picture, if you were in, to swell that thing up, to magnitude it, swell it up so bad, you'll say, ain't no way. Ain't no way that I can get out of this. Fear works with word, and fear has torment, not understanding what's going to happen. Second Timothy one seven said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. And when that word comes on you, them demons are going to throw all the fear they can at you. And, and Jesus says, fear has torment in First John chapter 4, 18. Isaiah 55, 8 says, my, th- my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts yours. So how you thinking is not how God thinking. What demons come with worrying? First of all, when you worry, you become carnal. That's not spiritual. Now, when you're carnal, there's no way you're going to defeat the devil. But when you believe, there's a way to defeat the devil. See, what the devil wants you to do is to separate you and God, get you to figure out how to take care of this situation. That's called being carnal. That's your fleshly mind. You don't need to be operating in that when it's come time to worry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 3, it says, For ye are yet carnal. For when there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? God don't want you to walk by yourself when you are trying to trust in him. But worrying will have you to figure it out. It ain't going to be God's way. And God don't want you to do that either. 
because the Lord knows that if you get into your flesh and mind, it's going to puff you up to go against God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward and voluntarily humanity and worshiping of angels intruding to those things which he have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Now, when your fleshly mind kicks in, there is no way you are going to be able to hear God. Because the Bible says that the carnal mind is an enemy against God. It's an enemy. It, it divides. And that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to think. He wants you to worry. He wants you to uh, uh, think on these thoughts of how to get this money. That's not per- trusting in God. He don't want you to wait on the Lord. No, he don't want that now. No, he wants to keep you busy. Go pawn something. Go, bar- go call somebody. Sons of God are led by his spirit. And at that time, you're very vulnerable because your soul needs something. The Lord knows you need it. The devil knows you need it too. But he's going to pray that he can shoot all these thoughts at you where you can't fight him back. And then when you do that, you become carnal. In Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what is it the devil's trying to get you to do? He's trying to get you to depend on yourself and not God. And when you worry, he's trying to get you to do whatever you got to do to meet that need, unrighteous or righteous or stealing or whatever. Just do it. God doesn't want you to do that. Carnal thinking opens up the doors when you're worrying. Reasoning, trying to figure it out from your mind. Lord, have mercy. Psychalizing it, analyzing it, being human, using all forms of human wisdom. And that ain't even God. He said, this wisdom descend not from above, but it's earthly and devilish, James 3.15. So it's going to get you in trouble. Anxiety come in. Fear, apprehended. Now, what did Jesus say about worrying? He said, it ain't going to do nothing for you. <laughs> Worrying can't help nothing. Let's look at this. Let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 23. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkened, how great is that darkness? Now, in the Bible that I have, I have life in the spirit Bible, it says anxiety and God's kingdom. Anxiety. You know, anxiety is worrying. God does not want any born-again Christian who has confessed Jesus as the Son of God. If thou confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart, Romans 10, 9, that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. The Lord doesn't want any Christian to be worrying. And it's a lack of not being taught this in the church. It's a lack of teaching people the basic fundamentals of spiritual warfare. 
because you're not wrestling against that bill that you're dealing with. There's something motivating that. And the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual principalities in high heavenly places, Ephesians 6, 12. And if you don't be taught of how to rage war by making your fingers go to war, by searching the scriptures and mixing it with faith and speaking it to the devil to get him off your back. The Bible says resist the devil and he shall flee. In Ephesians 4, 27, the Bible says give the devil no place. You will give him place and to give him a legal right to wear you out and to give you a stroke with your self-endurance by doing it yourself. Can't do it yourself. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. So the Lord doesn't want you to worry. It is sinful. It is a waste of time. And it's not a countermeasure. We are in a war. Second Timothy 2, 3 says we are hardened soldiers. But we don't act like that. Most Christians are very timid to problems. And when problems arise, they act like Jesus has left them forever. And that's what he's always, ain't no footsteps in the water and there's another, I don't believe in that, that ain't in the Bible. I don't believe in no cliches. He said, I shall never leave you, nor shall I, I leave you, I'll be with you at all times. He said that. And I believe it. God does not want you having all this stress on you. And worry ain't nothing but stress. Now, I'm trying to find a scripture for you. Okay. In the book of Second Timothy, chapter Two verse three it says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that won't entangle himself with the affairs of this world, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. We don't want to fight, but we want to worry. While you sit there, you can reverse that. You can pray in tongues. When you are praying in tongues." I start praying in tongues. I wasn't going to worry. If I see myself trying, my flesh trying to get me to worry, I already know what I'm coming up against, my flesh or a demon. And the Bible says, pray ye in the Holy Ghost. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And God came through with my car. God came through with my air condition. They want 3500 I can wait till next year. The Lord has blessed me with this little air condition for the office. And I'm happy with it. I'm comfortable and I'm teaching the word of God. Don't worry. Let's look what Jesus says about this before we close. Matthew 6, 25, and we're going to open up another sermon because we're going to switch up. And at 3 o'clock, we're going to have, we're going to be moving into the ministry of deliverance. So I'm going to keep this going until the staff gets here. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now, this is the Lord saying this now. How many of us take thought of our life? We do that every day. That's contrary to the word of God. 
You know, the Lord was showing me something where I had to get free from. Every time I would see a bill, I don't even want to see it. I was in denial. I had to get delivered from that. I see it now. Okay, read it. All right, Lord, it's on you. Because I can't worry about it. You don't want that on you. You ain't meant to have that on you. You have a God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus who will meet your needs. He sees this. Have confidence in him. Do everything you can do on your job. If they ask you to go work overtime, tithe also. If you don't tithe, you're under curse. Some of you don't even want to tithe. Some of you will go to these old dead churches and give them all your money. Me? You won't give me a dime but a dollar, five dollars. I don't even get nothing sometimes. Wherever you at, sow a seed. God a planet. Tithing is not a seed. It's a covenant. And one, if you're tithing and you're still going through something, I guarantee you God's going to deliver you from that. But we worry it is a sin. Jesus says, take no thought about that. In verse 26, he says, behold, the flowers of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feeded them. Are ye not much more better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic into his statue? You can't even add a cubic into the problem by taking thought. Now, if that doesn't change you, then you have a demon that's blocking you from using your faith. Which of you, by taking thought, can add thing on his status? And why are you taking thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they span. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the fields, which is today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you? Notice it says, O ye of little faith. See, when you were and you don't have no faith. You're lacking in faith. So even when you're reading the Bible, you can't mix it with faith. But the Bible says in Hebrews that you've got to mix it. That's how you give the devil a legal right in your life. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things should be added unto thee. We shouldn't be allowing to look at something and allow that to bother us. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We should not, as born-again Christians, be worried. I pray in the Holy Ghost when I'm going through a problem. When I don't have funds, I can hear the devil say, go tell Mr. Telethon. I do a telethon annually. And for three months, we're going to receive $700. I got a handful of people who support me, and I thank God for the Lord using them. Do you think the devil wants me to teach this on air? Do you know that I come up against spirits that you probably don't even deal with? And I can't do this without the Lord Jesus and his word. And I need my faith. And I need to connect, and you need to connect with Christ. And how the, the most powerful way that we connect with Christ to eliminate this worrying is to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, 
You need to call us and we'll get you the Holy Spirit on the phone. Call us. We'll give you the Holy Spirit. Come into the Broad Talk chat text room, 646-378-1857. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you, if you call in and repeat after me and, and follow my prayer line, you will get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, Satan wants you to be independent and not use the tools God has given you to overcome him greater than he is in me than he is in the world. So he shouldn't be able to allow you to worry. You've given him that legal right because that's not trusting in God. And when you pray in tongues, you can change things. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, follow after love, which is charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophecy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. By yourself. Now, if I'm in a church, there must be an interpreter. See, you'll build yourself up on your most holy faith if you do that. And the devil don't want you to build yourself on your most holy faith. He wants you back worrying. He wants you to back figuring out. Come on back over here and find out how what you're going to do to get this money for your children. Call that man and and and, and, and let him lay with you for three, four, five hundred dollars. Oh, he'll find all kind of ways to get you to sin. Go borrow some money from your uncle. Go ponder your ring. Go back selling drugs, anything but trusting God. You may not be that extreme, but there are people out here who's been there who understands. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're building up your most holy faith, and you need faith to be mixed with the word of God so that you don't have to worry. Jude 120, but ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, halting even a garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of the glory with excellency joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Believers must defend themselves by praying in the Holy Ghost. By praying in the Spirit, we must pray by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. By looking to the Holy Spirit to inspire, guide, encounter, sustain, and to help us to do battle in our prayer life. Praying in the Spirit includes both praying with one's mind and praying with one's spirit. Remaining the Spirit of God's love for us that involves faithfulness, obedience to him and his word, not by Satan. So when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, I did that for hours. Hours three, four hours sometimes, five hours. And then after I'm praying, I feel a peace. That's how powerful tongues is. But Christians don't want to do spiritual warfare. People 
don't want to do anything, but you do all the work for them. I used to be like that. No, you got to help yourself. I used to be like that. Christians don't want to do spiritual. Christians don't want to read the Bible. You have to read the Word of God. I have never told nobody to look at me or follow me. I ain't never said that to nobody. Because I don't want you to look at me. I want you to look at the Lord. The devil wants you to worry. The devil wants you to be lonely. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake thee. You know, I took this time and opportunity to come back from Jamaica here. And I see why God wanted to bring me here and bring me back. Because in Jamaica, I'm busy. I got friends. I got more friends in Jamaica than I do here. And when I came back home to repair my home, God showed me something about myself. The best time that God can really deal with a lot of you are in a position right now that God can minister to you. The Lord is moving on my heart. Some some people don't some of y'all don't like to be by yourself. But you are never by yourself when you're with Christ Jesus. I have seen myself more being here because my ministry has reduced since I left Jamaica to him just internet. Whereas there I go to Brother Earl's church or go to Jermaine. I'm around people that I know in the ministry. Well, I don't have that here, but advantage Janice Taylor, which is in the North Carolina, Sister Durden's my sister, and she's about 20 miles from here. But I don't have a lot of friends, and I don't like hanging around a lot of people. People carry spirits. I'm very cautious of who I'm with. But as I was here by myself, God began to show me a whole lot of things that I never even saw. Take the opportunity and fellowship with the Lord. Talk to him. And he will hear you. He cares for you. He loves you. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. James 4.14 tells us that we are like a vapor. We can be here today and gone tomorrow. If we here who are living here in me, just take this time and just tell the Lord, Lord, thank you. I, he know you need some stuff, you know. You're always going to the Lord, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Can you just give him a prayer of thank you without having to ask him to give you something? We based on our Christianity on what he gave us. He, made, he took everything from Job and gave it back. God is not a God that wants you to be poor, not knowing spiritual warfare. He's given us the tools. We have to apply them. <coughs> My pastor, Wayne C. Thompson, passed away at Fellowship of Faith Church and went on with the Lord. I thank the Lord for him. He started me off in this ministry. He gave me $1,000 a month for two years to start me in this ministry. It takes a lot to run an Internet radio station. Pastor Wayne C. Thompson from Fellowship of Faith Church 
I thank the Lord for him. I love him. He was a good man of God. He really represented the Lord. And I needed a pastor like that. Today, the churches that's out here is pitiful. Everybody's trying to get money. Leadership class. Entrepreneur, generational wealth. Everything is money in the church today. If we don't realize that Christ is coming soon, I can't tell you no another thing else. Look at the weather. Look how hot it is outside. Look at your gas prices, costs for food. It's going to get worse. There are many will die and be beheaded for the name of Jesus. Could you do that? Are you at a point where you want to die to yourself? This flesh don't want to die to nothing. Now, I want to thank you for listening to us. We're about to get ready now to set in. We have uh, the people that we need that's in now. We're about to get ready to set in to begin our second sermon. Amen. Okay. We are going to start this sermon of the Ministry of Deliverance. And we thank those who was listening to us about worrying. God doesn't want you to worry. And if you have been worrying, praise God, repeat this after me, Heavenly Father. I come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins, known and unknown. Forgive me for worrying, Lord, come into my life and save me. I'm sorry for not trusting in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have done that, praise God. Stay in the word. Don't worry. It's a sin. If you'd like to sow a seed here, please do so at www.livedeliverance.com. We have a a 24-hour-a-day internet radio station with Derek Prince. Go to www.livedeliverance.com on our website and hit YouTube. We're streaming out of Finland. It's for the Finnish people, but it's Derek Prince's in English. We're also in Blog Talk Chat Text, Blog Talk Chat Room, three, air code 646-378-1857. We have Advantage Janice Taylor that teaches the word from the walls of five ministries on Thursdays. And we are now coming to you live from www.livedeliverance.com on our 24-hour day internet radio station. And we are coming from you live right now in Facebook on live video stream. Okay, we're finna go to deliverance now for the second part of the sermon. We went from 2 to 3 on worrying. Next Saturday from 2 to 3, we'll be teaching about the Sabbath. Then from 3 until we'll be doing deliverance. I want to share some people. Evangelist Taylor called me, and I'm grateful that she was able to do that. And I was supposed to say this last Saturday. I mentioned it, but I didn't give it thoroughly. Casting demons out to the pit. That is not biblical. Now, I used to be with Bob Larson. That's right. I was with Bob Larson, and I represented him, me and a brother named Victor Freeman. I represented Bob Larson in the state of Georgia for all exorcisms that was performed here. 
And when I begin part of that, they begin to my cast now demons to the pit. That's nowhere in the Bible to do that. If you can give me one scripture that Jesus cast out demons in the pit, then I would do it. John 14, 11, and 12 says, what I shall do, you shall do. He didn't do it, then why are you doing it? It is unbiblical. Here is why. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. I am a teacher. I am not a preacher. I have a teaching anointing. Very simple. I am a teacher. I don't operate in preaching. Evangelist Janice Taylor is an evangelist, teacher, and preacher. I'm just a teacher. In Matthew chapter 12, now I want to deal with this because there are Christians who believe that you can cast a demon to the pit. You can't. Impossible. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 says, And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? He's using the word pit like a hole in the ground. But you can't cast that to a hole because Jesus says you can take the sheep and put them out the, out the pit even on the Sabbath day to save his life. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 14. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 14, verse 5. And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass, that's a female donkey, or an ox, fall it into a pit? That's a, a hole in the ground. And animals do fall. He's using this. So just pay close attention because I'm going to show you spiritually that you can't cast no demons into the pit. And will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? You can put a, you can save an animal on the Sabbath day. Jesus says this. You can save a life on the Sabbath. Where's well, the Sabbath? I can't give him breath to mouth to mouth for testification. Don't be foolish. Now, the book of Revelation referred to the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter nine. But before I do that, the Holy Spirit just gave me Isaiah fourteen five. I don't know what's in it. I'm just going to go on faith on this. Isaiah 14, 5. The Lord had broken the staff of the wicked and the sculptures of the ruler. The wicked are demons. Turn to the book of the book of Revelation. It describes a pit. And it's not like the pit that Jesus just said, where you can go pull the, the donkey, the, the ass. When you see the word ass, it's also in uh, Samuel about the ass. The donkey kicked Saul, and it, it, she was a female ass. That's not a curse word. Jesus gave us two references of a pit that you can put in, but he ain't, he ain't saying about the demon. He said, you can go pull the animal out of it. Now, Bob Lawson was telling me, that you can send it to the pit. And the Lord told me, don't, I got out of that. The Lord told me that's not biblical. 
I am not casting no demon to no pit. I never did and I never will. And I left his organization because of that. Also, there is a a theme going around about talking about leaving leaving uh, altars in people's personality. That is not biblical. Those altars are demons. You have one body, one mind, and one soul. First Thessalonians 5.23. You got a body, mind, soul, and spirit. And when you leave them altars and people doing deliverance, you are leaving demons in them. So now let's look at this other pit in the book of Revelation. Now we talked of two pits in the Bible. The flesh is a natural on earth. They got a hole in it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 11, pit. And Luke 14, 5, pit. Now, let's go to Revelation. See, a lot of people don't like me because I teach straight, straight scripture. I got a scripture for everything. They, the devil don't like me. That's why they don't want me in churches. I don't want to go in there. Come support this ministry, amen, and learn from this ministry. It's not me. It's the Lord. Okay, now let's look at the pit that they say they're casting demons out of because it can't be in the pit in Matthew 12, 11 because Jesus says for an ox or you pull an animal out of a little hole. You can't put a pit in a hole because you can't put a demon in a hole because a demon's a spirit. And Jesus himself never cast out demons to the pit. Let's go to Revelations 9.1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Stars always represent angels. Also in Psalms chapter 8, God ordained the stars. Don't think he's talking about the stars or stars, he's talking about angelic angels. And the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now, each time you cast out a demon, we need to see in the spirit realm the angels falling out the sky to open up the pit. I ain't never saw that doing a deliverance. I told this to Bob Lawson. I said, in the spirit realm, I can see in the spirit. Sin and spirit, discern the spirits of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you're going to cast a demon out to the pit, this got to happen. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. This is a prophecy about the pit. So the pit ain't never been opened until this happens. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit. I said, Bob, I don't see no smoke spiritually. Plus, this hasn't happened yet. This is the prophecy of the book of Revelation, meaning to be to give Jesus revelation. And next two months from now, I'm teaching the whole book of Revelation. It took me 12 years, five hours a day to get to this point. And now I'm, I'm, I'm able to deal with it. As the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. I don't see that going on. So no, you can't be casting out no demons. I'm talking about going to the pit. The Bible doesn't say that. But the Bible does say that there are demons that's chained in 2 Peter 2, 4, for if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains. 
of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Spiritual chains. Also spiritual chains in Jude 1, 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he had reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Jude refers to angels who do not remain in their, in, in their positions of authority, but who rebelled against God, broke his law, and are now in prison awaiting judgment. However, not all fallen angels are locked up in that pit. And that's how come you got some walking on this earth. He walketh day and night, an unclean spirit walketh. He walketh. Demons can walk. Now, let's look at Mark chapter 5 and see that Jesus send these demons to a pit. I don't think so. And they came over into the other side of the sea into the country of Garnetius. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of a tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. And then if you go see what Jesus did in Mark chapter 5, in Mark chapter 9, 5, 9, and he asked, what is thy name? And he answered, my name is Legions, for we are many. Here's the demon. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Why did the demons don't want Jesus to send them out of the country? Because that's the designated assignment that Satan has given them. And Jesus knew this. That's why he sent them into the sea. Why did they die into, into the sea? Because they're in the wrong territory. Marine spirits were dealing with them. That's why they, didn't want to, they ran straight down into that sea. There are spirits that's in the ocean, sea, and in the land. Now there were there night unto him the mountains of a great herd of swines. And all the fellows besought him, saying, Send us into the swines, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Jesus didn't cast them out into no pit. That's not biblical. All right? Now, we are dealing with the ministry of deliverance. We're going to be dealing in all facets and forms for this because we have people who are learning about this ministry. And I want to move into an area where most deliverance ministers, I won't say most, uh, I, I, I can say from people calling me saying, but we don't have nobody to do this. Okay. That's protecting your home from demonic spirits, bringing in things in your home, objects that's not of God. And a lot of deliverance ministers need to learn this because it's part of the ministry. <clears throat> the Bible said, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven molten image an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and put it in a secret place. Deuteronomy 27.15 now, we had many objects in our house during my childhood, not many, but the Virgin Mary was one of them because I was born Catholic. And we had a picture of Jesus on the wall. Oh, have mercy. Woo. 
And when you put that stuff like that, you're going to cause yourself having a lot of trouble. Let me give you some scriptures about that. I was at a house, and a lady invited me to go to her home, and she had a picture of Jesus. I said, that's not Jesus. And she said, well, I, I said, I, I wanted you to get these evil spirits out of my house. That is Jesus. I said, that can't be Jesus. Now, this Jesus had long hair. And the Jesus picture was white. Nothing against we, we have. This is not a racial thing here because I have white people in my ministry. So I, I'm not going there. But Jesus has a particular color according to the Bible. Well, that didn't go well with, with her to me. And she said, well, did you need to show me? Well, I did. And she got very, very, very upset. And I gave her Revelations, chapter 1, verse 14 says, His head and his hair were, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes was as a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass as if they burnt in a furnace, his voice as sounds of many waters. <clears throat> and she got upset. And so she said, well, you got to show me some more scriptures. I said, okay. I want you to turn to the book of Daniel. Because when you put these pictures in the open people's house and you're over there to do a cleansing, you got to get that Jesus out of there because it does not fit the description of Jesus Christ. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. I want you to hold on to Revelation chapter 2, and then I also want you to go to Daniel chapter 10, verse 6. In Revelation 2, 18, it says, And to the angels of the church in Thyatira write these things, said the Son of God, who had his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I say, ma'am, that picture up there, that ain't look like no fine brass feet to me. They're white. But the Bible says that, but you know what I'm saying. I said, no, I don't understand what you're saying. That's what the words say. So I told her to go to Daniel chapter 10, verse 6. His body also was like a burl, and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and feet, arms now and feet, 
like a color to polish brass, and the boss of his words like the boss of a multitude. Well, you got me on that, but it's still Jesus. I said, no, because the Bible says for this graceful for a man to have his hair to be long. That got it in. Well, where is that in the Bible? Please turn to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 14th verse. That's what I told her. 1 Corinthians 11, 14. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. That lady turned colors. I've been deceived. Yes, you have. I had to take all those scriptures to give that woman scriptures that that wasn't Jesus. If you got this Jesus that doesn't, that don't, have this description, get him off your wall. You are dealing with a demonic demon. And that thing will be in that house. Spirits love dry places. Luke eleven twenty three and 24. When you're doing a deliverance in a person's home and they're having demonic huntings in, in their house, me and Sister Dirt many years ago went to a house. This lady had angels all over the room. And all I saw was demon. It was a heavy presence in there. When you're dealing with a person who they call you for a home house cleaning, ask these people questions such as, do you hear low voices? If you're in your house hearing muffled sounds, objects vanishing. I had that. I had a demon took my wallet. This actually happened to me. I'm on the way to do a deliverance. And this thing took my wallet, and the Lord gave me word of knowledge. He said, your wallet is in the sink under the water, but I, 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 I want you to pull it out. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, when I pulled it out, my wallet was not watered at all. This happened to me. He's real. Objects vanishing in your house. Objects being moved. Witnessing dark shadows on the wall in your home. You don't know who's been in that house before you. When you go to a hotel, you better make sure you get some holy water, carry you some salt, and anoint that block that seal off because you don't know what has transpired in that hotel. People go to hotels for adultery, fornication, lesbianism, drug deals, I mean, all kind of stuff going on at a hotel. Appliances being turned on and off are manifestations of demons in your home. Lights being turned on and off. I had a dark shadow pass by here, and I called, Hey, in the name of Jesus, come here. By the blood of Jesus, get out of my house. And I went with him, and I quoted about 37 verses. And they left. They don't like the word. When I go to bed at night, every night, I have it so loud, so when I'm sleeping, I'm not really sleeping because I want to hear the word even in my sleep. And I go Derek Prince or Alexander Scorby, and I go to the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews, and it just play all night in my spirit. 
I said, get out of my house. Found out later in this neighborhood, and I did a spiritual house cleaning in my neighborhood. I'm the only one in this neighborhood that don't have demons walking across my house. This neighborhood that I found out when they built it, it was a it was a burial site for the dead. And when I found that out, the Lord gave that, in, and then people calling me, hey, man, we seeing stuff, folks leaving the house. And I said, why do y'all move? Well, you know, I'm in the deliverance ministry. I got to go. Your child, children are very sensitive to demonic spirits. I had a case of a lady, and the girl saw the same thing I saw. And I, I saw that, and I must say, Lord, and the Lord told me, just, just listen. Oh, honey, it's okay. You're not seeing anything. Stop saying that. That's carnal. That child's seeing something. So as I cleanse my house out by water, salt represents Jesus. Jesus is the salt of the earth. I put salt around my whole house. I've turned the curse into a blessing, Deuteronomy 23.5. The Bible says that there's curse, the earth is cursed. So you have to reverse that. And I got peace. Now, I do a lot of deliverance. They'll try, they'll try it, but they, they ain't here that long. Because once I see it detected, they gone. Boom, I heard a knock. Hey! In the name of Jesus, hey! And when they hear me that, I start quoting. And they go. Strange odors in your house are demonic manifestations. Dogs or cats acting unusual. Normally when an animal can see a spirit, they tear go straight up. Watch your animal. Watch your cat. Mama, mama. I had two Dobermans, Magnum and Mama, mama. And Magnum would see a demon. He'd go like this. he start barking. They're barking and barking. And the Lord, so I'm going to show you what they're seeing. I saw that thing. I got it out of here. Anoint your, anoint your animals. Why not you can't anoint them? God will honor that. I anointed Mama Mama. Yeah, I did. I put a holy all on my dobermans. They lived 14 years. I can't get no more dobermans because I'm going back and forth to Jamaica. But why am I going back and forth to Jamaica? I have six dobermans in here. They're very loyal, loving, and they will die for you. Doberman will. Now, why I'm saying these things, because some of you may have, somebody may call you, or you may have this manifestation in your house. We got plenty of time to talk about other things in deliverance, but I got to get this stuff out because we got new people that's learning. Strong negative emotions felt in your house. All of a sudden, nauseation can come upon you. That's when a person can put a COVID curse in your house and not even know it. Be careful who you let in your home. Impression that someone is watching you. Footprints on the appearance of the wall after you take a shower. They're trying to let you know they're there. This stuff is real. Remove all ungodly books out of your house. Let me say this again. If you need your house to be blessed, when people call me, I ask them, before I get there, where are all your books? Would you please put your books on the table? 
Acts chapter 19, verse 19. Many also then which use curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them as found it 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a lot of money back then. How did I meet uh, Sister Candace Durden? Apostle Durden, I met her because when I first got into the ministry, I was at a hospital chaplain for five years, for three years, before I became full-time ministry. I was volunteer chaplain waiting on my disability. And Brother John had told me uh, his daughter sent aberrations in her home and footsteps and a lot of stuff was going on when I first met her. That woke her up. She'd been in the ministry ever since then. And she brought some art from Africa. Oomphs, upside down crosses, Indian uh feathers in the house and dream catchers. See, these things open up doors. And she had a lot of African art. And I told her, get this out of here. Get this out of here. Get this out of here. And the Lord was showing me where it was, what, was, what we were dealing with. We prayed, commanded to leave. The next day, she was at my church. And she's still been with me as a member on staff for 15 years. Occult materials were also symbols of contrary to the word of God. Get it out your house. Astrology books, pornography, get that out your house. Mind science, Edward Casey, Gene Dixon, Scientology, Rosicrucianism, Raha, Waker, White Magic, Light as a Feather, Conjum books, Ouija boards. You have to burn a Ouija board. It'll come back in your house. I had a case where uh, I had to go way in this country area of Georgia. And the lady said, uh, Pastor, I threw it away 20 miles from me and came back. They will come back. I said, you have to break the transfer of spirits that you open a portal with that. Anytime that you have any object in your house that's not of God, you have to break the soul tie from them and abandon it, body, mind, soul, and spirit, because it's connected to you. Get all idols out your house. Please turn to Acts chapter seventeen, sixteen. Acts seventeen, sixteen. Now while Paul waited for them at Atheist, his spirit was stirred in him. When he saw the city holy, given into idolatry, your spirit in you as a deliverance minister should be able to see that. You can see in the spirit, and if you're in this ministry, I advise that you get this. I, I, I got it, and I will use it. I'm going to use it until the Lord, the gifts of God comes not without repentance. And you need this gift of discernment of the Holy Spirit, especially you dealing with homes, people, or, or demons. Scriptures to substantiate that you can see into the kingdom of God is in Second Kings chapter 6.
verse 17. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots and fire around about Elijah. Now, please turn to 1 Corinthians And in 1 Corinthians, we see the manifestations of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. You are not going to be successful unless you have gifts, especially in the ministry of deliverance. I'm not talking about, I'm not a, a I'm a deliverance minister. <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, Creflo Dollar, I don't know what that is. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know nothing about that. But for the one that's given the spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge, to the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another, it says, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, here we go, discerning of spirits, you can see them. So you're going to really need that in this, in this, in this ministry. Uh, God says in 1 John 5, 21, my dear children, present thyself away from all idols. And Christians have things in their house that they haven't been taught about. They never heard of a sermon about it. So they bring it and think it is okay. I've been in houses that are born against uh, Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit because there's a lack of deliverance uh, at the church. She said, I ain't never knew nothing about this. And she know now. And she took all that mess up out of her house, and she said, Pastor, I was able to sleep. Sources of defilement that you can put in your house. Buddhism, Hinduism, and other Eastern worship artifacts. Yoga. You better make up. <laughs> I done seen so many demons with yoga items in their house. Let me say this. Anytime you meditate, other than the Word of God, you are opening up yourself to demonic spirits. I've had many cases. I've been doing this 15 years, and I'm, I'm humble. I'm trying to teach this to give you some examples, also give you scriptures. I have seen Christians get involved in Christian yoga and get so many demons in them just by meditating. This woman got so violent, so violent, that it took seven of us to hold that person down. The man had to go get a chain. Just what the Bible said, chain, a plunk, a suckling plunk. She broke a little small chain. He had a thick chain, thick steel, just to lock her down to get them demons out of her. Because when you are meditating, you have to. They are in the atmosphere. When you're meditating on them demons, the spirit that working in the children of disobedience, them demons are in the atmosphere. And as you meditate, and if it ain't on the word of God, it's on another kingdom. There are two kingdoms, Matthew 12, 26 and 12, 28. 
When you meditate, and if it's not the word of God, I guarantee you, you will open up yourself to demons. We are not supposed to do no meditation on but one thing, and that's in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Tell that to Creflo Dollar. They ain't got nothing to do with giving money. Tell that to Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Jesse DePlantis. Tell that to them. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. There go your prosperity by meditating. Has nothing to do with giving no money. Prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The book of Psalms, chapter 1. Blessed the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. If you do that, you're good. But if you opening up your door and meditating on some foolish stuff with yoga, you are praying to demons in that language. Egyptian unks. I'm African-American, but I don't want them demons with my culture. No, thank you. I'm not wearing an unk. Item related to Satanism, witchcraft, New Age, yoga, unity, zodiac crescents, moons, crystal balls, pyramids, martial art, clothing that look demonic. Things related to astrology, horoscopes, Edward Casey, Gene Dixon. This is forbidden. Turn to the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 5 through 15. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Acts 5, 5 through 15. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which was vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Everyone, now why I'm saying this, shackles, listen to me. Peter passed, passing by my overshadow, some of them, it's just shadow healed them. Satan is a counterfeit of Christ. I've had a person told me that a dark shadow came into their house and they was healed. I said, ma'am, you are not healed. You got something in return from that healing, which is demonic. She didn't believe me. Six months later, she had cancer. Cosmic books, posters, rock music, rock musicians, people's pictures, 
I don't even have no dead person picture in my house, not in my family, none. In the attic, I got a family album. That's way out there. It ain't up in here because there are some people dead. Do you know that demons can live in dead pictures? Pornography of any kind, including explicit sexual videos, you got any of that stuff in your house, that's the, you got to cleanse yourself from the spirit of filthiness, 2 Corinthians 7.1. Art, representing such as snakes, gargoyles, skulls, and dragons. Derek Prince, father, in the Boxer Rebellion gave him some dragons. And he had on the wall, and he said they start manifesting. And that's how he got involved to the, to the Minister of Deliverance. Arts representing such as snakes, gargoyles, material related to Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, Unity Church, Scientology, Astral Worship, Islam, Rosicrucianism, Zen Zen, Hare Krishna, get it out your house and burn it. Possessions with an unknown past sin of a previous owner can apply to a person. If you have something in your house and you bought that house, and you don't know who was in there. I've had many people call me. I've done, done about 50 of these things. And this lady had this object, and she said, no, the, the man told me when I bought the house, don't let, don't, don't never throw it away. And when she said that to me, the Lord gave me a scripture. I, I learned this as I went. I ain't have nobody to teach me. You people are blessed because you're letting the Holy Spirit teach you. I learned this. <laughs> oh, boy the hard way, but I learned it. I want to read something to you. Proverbs 24.1, it says, Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. If you got any pictures with any evil men, you are in contact with Hitler on the wall. I had a, a brother in the Lord took me seven years to get him to repent. Seven years, and he had a picture of the Confederate soldiers on his wall. Born-again Christian with a rubble, a soldier that does not represent Christianity, a soldier that was fighting to keep black people oppressed. Those spirits, and I actually saw the spirit of that man, that demon, come out that picture and walk straight past by me. I don't have no pictures of Dr. Martin Luther King in my house. I don't have no pictures of John F. Kennedy. I don't have no pictures of Malcolm X. I don't have no pictures of the Black Panther Party. I was a member of them. So, hey, still like it. Like Brother Malcolm, they did good in the civil rights, but they did. I don't know where they're at. I don't put any pictures. This is a painting. And I didn't hit this with so much of knowing all because these demons love to set in things that accumulate evil. I asked one Christian, why do you have Hitler on the wall? The Lord had to deal with me with that because I was an advocate of not loved the German army. Pay attention to me. And I had some German artifacts in my house, a World War II German helmet. I loved the German army. I didn't like what they did to the Jewish people. That's wrong. But the Germans invented Blitzkrieg. That's jumping out of airplanes. Every country do it today. 
they was in advanced warriors with highly technical uh, instruments. And the Lord told me, it's evil. Get that German picture of that German uh, soldier out of here. You represent me. That's the offensive to Jewish people. I didn't know that. You see, we lack because of ignorance. And I open up my heart. I love the Jewish people. I'm crazy about the Jewish people. I did not know that that was offensive to the Jewish people. I never showed it to a Jewish person. I liked it as a military uh, soldier, uh, as a military, and uh, I like guns. I still do like guns, and I have a couple assault rifles, and I come out of a military family. But when the Lord showed me the spiritual side of that, hey, that, that's demonic. So be very sensitive to the Lord. Now, this is an instrument, an object. I'm going to touch on this very briefly because I touched on it last week. If you're a born-again Christian and you're putting a Christmas tree in your, house, in your house, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1 through 5, it's a heathen thing to put a Christmas tree in your house. It don't represent Christ. And a lot of people don't like to hear this. But it's the truth. And I learned this in Jerusalem. A Jew, Ruthie Rami, God bless her, she said, and she was a Christian, Jewish Christian, and they don't like to be called uh, Messianic Jews. How you, why are you going to mix the Masons with the Jews? they just Jews who are saved. And every December, you people put a heathen thing in your house. Every December. Please. Get it out of your house and teach your children that tradition is not God. That's in the Bible. Tell your child, don't raise your child to believe this lie because a Christmas tree is a forbidden thing. It does not represent Christianity. And we get this from generation, from tradition, and it goes on and on. Jesus even said in Mark 7, 6, he answered and said unto them, Well, have Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, and their heart is far from me. How be it in vain do they worship me? See, you worship the Lord in vain with this Christmas tree. You worship the Lord in vain with Jesus on the wall. And when I showed her, that, that woman in the Bible, that, that it's a shame for a man to have long hair, she took that Jesus off the wall. Jesus says in Mark 7, 7, how be it in vain do they worship me, the teachings, the doctrines of the commandments of men. And we get this from traditions and commandments of men. For laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold the traditions of men. See, that's tradition to put that thing in your house. But the Bible says when you put it in your house since you heard me, for laying aside the commandment of God. That is not a commandment of God to put this heathen thing into your house. That's not God. Now the blood on you now. So don't come just come in December and act like you didn't hear this sermon because the Holy Spirit will quicken you. In Jeremiah 10, 1, it says, Hear ye the word which the Lord spoken unto you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heathen, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. They vain to God. For one cut it out of a tree 
of the forest, the work of the axe, of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. That is against God. And every year, you Christians, go put a heathen thing in your house, and then you expect God to bless you. Defile land. You need to bless your land wherever it is. If you're in an apartment, you can turn a curse into a blessing. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God will not love thee, but the, God, the Lord thy God will turn a blessing, turn a curse into a blessing. Deuteronomy 23, 5. Bloodshed. Early, we mentioned the story of Cain and Abel. From the story, we see that bloodshed affected the very land on which the violence occurred. And the blood of violence penetrated the ground. The prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2.2 gains right into the land through the curse of violence in that area of that bloodshed. That house could be a house that was rented, could have been prostitution home. They could have been selling drugs out that house. People do seances in these homes. You don't know what you're getting when you get a house. And you need to know that the earth is cursed because of Cain's blood, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 6. So if you are in a home, that earth is cursed, but you can turn a curse into a blessing by speaking a blessing on that property. That's how I learned how to do this. Also, the ground is cursed, Genesis chapter 5, 29, and the earth is cursed, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 6. Physical things that carry spiritual significance in people's homes. The Old Testament speaks of defiled land more than 15 times. The Hebrew word translated defile is tawamah, which means foul or contaminated, especially in a ceremonial or more sense. Homes are well as land can be defiled and spiritually polluted. You have to be careful even in your home. Cleanse it. If you just rented a house, oh, definitely do a cleansing. Go in there and get you some a spray bottle. Put salt and mix it with warm water and shake it. Jesus is salt of earth and spray in that room. Turn that curse into a blessing. The ground is cursed, Genesis 5:29. The land, the earth is cursed, Isaiah 24:6, and reverse that. The first steps of recognitions of demonic symptoms in a home is sudden chronic illnesses. I've seen this when people get sick in homes. There was a lady, uh, and if you think of what it goes, if you have Travel Channel, watch that. I love Travel Channel. It's my ministry. Defile homes, uh, ghosts, hunting. I don't do that because the Lord ain't tell me to go look for no, no, no ghosts. I will go and do a home cleansing. I'm not getting an EPD to listen to no demon. I don't need that. I got the EPD is the word of knowledge. And the people ask me, would I like to come do that? If the Lord wants me to come to your home to cleanse your house of evil spirits, I will come. Now, if you bring in a paranormal investigator, that's your choice. It's your home. I'll come. And I will be led by the Holy Spirit to do what the Lord wants me to do. Am I afraid to deal with demons and ghosts? No. But the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You have to be led to go in certain battles. Not that I'm afraid of it. I don't need to use $3,000 equipment just to talk to a demon. I speak to them through people every day. 
Sudden chronic illness can manifest when you have polluted things in your home. Recurrent bad dreams or nightmares. That's very heavy when a house has oppression in it. Unusual unsleepiness. Behavioral problems. Continuing and being fatigued. Arguing with your loved ones for no reason. Lack of peace. Restless children. Unexplained illness goes for demonic apprehension and even affecting your child when your child says, Mommy, I don't want to go in that room. I see the monster. That person's seeing a demon. I have actually witnessed a little young girl saw the same thing I saw. And I said, I see what you see. She said, do you see it? I said, I'm going to let it leave. And she saw in the spirit an angel cut it. I said, by the blood of Jesus of Nazareth, get out of this room. And she saw, she said, I saw him. And the lady looked at me and her like we was crazy. She said, you ain't never met my daughter in my life. I said, no. She she's innocent. Pay close attention to your children. Watch your animal in your house and see how they react. Poltergeist is a movement of physical objects by demons. That's called poltergeist. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-E-I-S-T. Now, we're studying demonology, which is the study of deceit. Write that down. Demonology is the study of deceit. These things could be happening into your home. Atmosphere of heaviness, making it hard to breathe. Constant nausea. Now, to protect your home, I'm going to show you some things to do to protect your home. Why do we don't know about spiritual uh, defilement in our homes? Why is it? Because it's an ignorance of this teaching in the body of Christ. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are distraught because of lack of knowledge. They don't have the knowledge of demonology because they don't read. They don't study. I know pastors teach the same sermon over and over and over for years. Study, the Lord said, the people in the ministerial position, study, give new stuff. Get your time to stay in the Word. You should do three to four, five hours a day. I do five hours a day when I, I don't have a lot to do because I'm constantly doing the Word. I'm constantly on the Internet. I'm constantly helping, constantly, constantly, constantly. But I always will take that time to study for myself. If I got a sinful problem, I'm going to advantage Janet Taylor. That's where I confess my sin to, or Sister Candace Durden. I'm going to get it right and get back in the saddle. Amen? Fear of demons can cause people to don't even want to understand this conversation of what I'm saying. Also, lack of spiritual discernment. A person don't have the discernment. They don't know what to do. And if you go to the travel channel, a lot of these people have hunted houses just very ignorant. People got to move out the house. I'm not moving out my house for no demon. Neither should you. Behold, I give unto you authority among serpents and snakes, and nothing shall by many means hurt thee. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. Most modern preaching and teaching avoid subjects of demonic activity. Let me say this again. Oh, have mercy. The Lord is so good. Uh, word of knowledge. Someone has some headaches. I'm hearing headaches and dizziness. We have word of knowledge 
I'm hearing headaches and dizziness. Uh, someone has feet so swollen, swollen right feet for being on their feet a lot. A pancreas getting healed by right now in the name of Jesus. The pancreas is being healed. Gallbladder being healed right now. Gallbladder healed right now. All gallbladders being healed. Cataracts in the eyes are healed right now. The Lord said, it ain't me. Just believe. Get rid of them cataracts right now. Go and be ye healed. Cirrhosis. Heal. Someone's getting healed with cirrhosis of the liver. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Be healed on this Sabbath day. Be healed. There's some people in some debt and having some financial problems. The Lord say, trust them. He said me to tell you to trust them. Gallbladder, I'm hitting again. Be healed. First century faith has largely been replaced by 20th century rationalization. This is why people don't understand this ministry. Our Western mindset keeps us from validating that which cannot be explained through scientific study. Four reasons why Christians may be unaware of demonic activity and filth in their home or in their life. One, fear of demons cause people to deny their existence. Two, lack of spiritual discernment. Boy, in the name of Jesus, please get the nine gifts. Most modern preaching and teaching avoid the subject of demonic activity. This is why it's needed to be on the Internet. I can reach out, tell someone about these types of teaching, please. I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it because I'm called, and God has entrusted me and Evangelist Taylor. First uh, Thessalonians 2.4, he's equipped us and trusts us and those who are learning. He put this trust to us to teach the gospel. Amen. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark was a chest made of acre wood, overlaid with pure gold. Inside and out, it was three feet, nine inches long, and two feet and three feet wide. God commanded Moses to put the Ark three times, a golden pot of mammon, Aaron's staff had abutted, and the two stone tablets, which was the Ten Commandments. There are objects that are holy. There are several examples of objects in the Bible. Let us look at these objects that could be used by God, and Satan can use objects also. Again, we're dealing with two kingdoms, Matthew 12, 26 and 12, 28. We're dealing with the spirit world of the unseen, not the natural eye. Although demons can manifest and people can see them in the natural, especially when it comes to demonic possessions in homes. I've noticed that in homes, demons can live a long time because people don't know anything about what's going on. I know of a house, they can't keep nobody in it to this day in Rex, Georgia, full of demons. The owner won't let me go in there and deal with them. Exodus chapter 7, verse 10, And Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. In Exodus seven eleven, Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers now, the musicians in Egypt. They also did like manner with their enhancements. Just because you're seeing someone 
healing don't necessarily mean it's of the Lord Jesus. Satan can turn himself into an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11:13. You must test the spirits when you see in manifestations like this. In Exodus 7:12, for they cast down verily the man's rod, and it became a serpent. But Aaron's rod swallowed up the walls of Pharaoh. God's power are more stronger. Now, where do spirits go if they cannot get into a body? An object. And if you got anything in the house to give them, huh, an unk, a dead person, a crystal ball, a dead, a, a dead as a serpent on a wall, you're going to be messed up. Now, we're going to keep teaching. It says 90 seconds, but I got to keep teaching. I can't stop open up for question and answer because it's a seminar. If any of you just get disconnected from blog talk, please go to www.livedeliverance.com. Please be aware. Everybody hang on. I want to make sure that people are still in the room after 60 seconds because I'm still doing this teaching and they are in here. If anybody's in the blog talk room, please go to www. If I, I'm going to call out some names and make sure people are in here before we start. So please, uh, I'd like to ask everybody to please be patient with me at this time. Wait one minute. Evangelist Taylor, can you hear me? Evangelist Taylor, can you hear me? Yes, I'm on. Okay, uh, it's going to say 17 seconds. I want to make sure you, you, everybody's still on uh, before I keep teaching. If not, you may have to switch to www.livedeliverance.com or okay. go to the same thing to Facebook. Let me see if it's going to see what it's going to do. Wait a minute. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Okay, I'm going to keep going then. If we get okay. disconnected. And air code 252, air code 404-907-336-701-876-876-876. If any of you get disconnected, please go to www.livedeliverance.com and press the auto button. You can hear me on auto or www.livedeliverance.com and hit the YouTube, hit the, I'm sorry, the Facebook, the live Facebook. Okay, we're going to pick back up. All right. Now, if you go to Luke, the 11th chapter, and the Bible says in Luke 11, uh, uh, 24, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, a dry place. Anything dry in your home, seeking rest, he will go in there to seek rest. If you got a this is why addicts, for some reason, really attract demons. When it's an attic, or upstairs, or downstairs basement, I've seen so many manifestations of demons in that area. For some reason, I don't know. But they do like dry places. The Bible says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He said, I will return unto my house where I came out. Also, they like dry land. If you go to Psalms, chapter 68, 
verse 6, anything dry, they're attractive to it. Uh, in Psalm 68, 6, it says, God set it to solitarily in families. He bring out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Psalm 68, 6. Do you know that a city can be cursed too? Nevada's cursed. There's a lot of gambling. There's a lot of evil there. Uh, there are cities that have principalities that rule over it, and a city can be cursed. I would like to show that to you in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verse 17. Joshua. Hang on, let me find it. Joshua. Chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that went in. So a city can be accursed. Also, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 16, it speaks of the same thing. Now, let's look at Exodus. <laughs> The book of Exodus. Hey, wait one minute. I'm having a problem with my Bible. It's my old Bible. I'm trying to falling apart on me live, but I'm gonna be all right. Uh, numbers. Let <coughs> us just. I need everybody to wait one minute. I need to get my other Bible. Hang on. All right. In the book of Exodus, let me switch Bibles. We see an object that opened up a door to the children of Israel, a demonic object. In the book of Exodus 32, Let's read. In Exodus 32, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we walk not what is become of him. Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings 
which are the ears of your wives and your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings, which was in their ear, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. After he made it a molten calf, and they say, These be the gods of Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. That is demonic. And the children of Israel can get caught up in this. You can too. Aaron knew better. But he wanted to please the people. If you got any objects in your room, I don't care who it is. I don't care what it get it out your house. If it's making you unrest, please get it out of your house. Please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 15. Deuteronomy 27, verse 15. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and put it in a secret place. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. I've seen people with a little baby Jesus, his butt out, the little baby Jesus with a butt. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, Thou holy child Jesus. Say, baby. These are objects that people put in their house that causes serious, serious, serious demonic manifestations to people's homes. Let's go to Joshua chapter 7, verse 1, and look at some things here. In Joshua 7, 1. Joshua chapter 7, 1 through 26. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in, in the accursed thing from Achia. They then brought in something that was cursed, and God told them, don't bring that in there. We do it today. The Israelis, when they conquered land, they would get things that God said, I, uh-uh, that's, that's not a me. Some of you people that's born-again Christians have cursed things in your house, and you have a lack of spiritual understanding and don't know what's in your home. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Ajak, the son of Chema, the son of Zebedia, the son of Zerah, and the tribes of Judah took up the accursed thing. And the angel of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. God doesn't want any born-again Christian bringing unks. African molten images in your house. You go on a vacation, you won't even let that stuff go. You got a soul tied to it. I know of a person who had angels. I said, ma'am, you got to get these angels out your heart, out your life, and get them out your house. She said she repented. She said, I was sorry. You was right. I was deceived. You don't need no object to represent Jesus. Read the Bible. That'll represent Jesus. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Aha, which is beside the haven, and the east side of the haven and spoken to them, saying, Get up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed it. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ah, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. So there went up thither, and the people, about three thousand men, and they fled before men of Allah. And the men of Ai smote them, about thirty and sixty men. But they chased them 
for before them the gates of Shubram smote with them going, and wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became water. And if you keep reading this story, you'll see why. Because they kept putting foreign objects and bringing that stuff back to Israel. And God told them not to do that. And we do that. Now, the Bible also speaks of blessed objects. Let's look at a blessed object. You can have blessed objects in your house. You can have cursed objects in your house. Here is a blessed object. So if you didn't know that, you know it now. You can have a blessed object. Here's one of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, The cup of blessings which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? A vessel that holds communion is a blessed object. Okay. Now let's look at a cursed object or a cursed table. Objects can be blessed and be cursed. The devil can use them or God can use them. Here God uses communion for us as believers. It's a blessed object. Now let's look at the demonic object. Well, the Bible speaks of two tables. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21, we read, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot partake of the Lord's table. So the Lord has a table, and it's holy, and of the table of the devils, of devils, tables, objects. Please study Joshua chapter 6, before we close, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Here's the objects and instruments that can be used for both kingdoms, musical instruments. The devil can use it and God can use it. You got Christian musicians, you got worldly musicians. What are they using? An object. Amen. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a holy object. Numbers 1034. Numbers 1444. The cloud of the Lord. There was a cloud. That's an object. Over the children of Israel. Numbers chapter 10. Verse 34, the cloud of the Lord. Then you also had the burning bush. That's an object of holiness. It represented that at the time. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. Now, before we close, make sure that you don't have any voodoo dolls, spirit mask snakes, dragons, thunderbirds, a thunderbird, phoenixes, all forms of black magic out of your house that violates Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 14. It violates Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27. It violates Exodus chapter 22, verse 18. And it also violates 1 Samuel 28, 7. Things related to past sins, necklace of a loved one, if you married, and you still got your bar friend's picture, get his, get his picture out of your house. You married your husband. Some of you husbands had a lady told me, this man would not let this woman go. He had a soul tie with this, with this other woman. He was married to her for 15 years. He finally, that soul tie hit him so hard, he committed adultery. If you are married, you need your pictures of your husband. You don't need no other man's picture. Up in you talking about, well, that's the past. And, and, and going back in your sin, God has sent your husband. You don't need to have no other picture in your house but your husband. Your regular, I don't have no pictures of my ex-girlfriends, my ex, 
I've been divorced. I don't have it. That's, that's gone. I don't have none of that. I don't want them spirits nowhere around me. Things related to past sins, necklaces, love letters, photos, cologne to remind you of the person and bring them demons back. And the devil gets you the fool. You say, this is the best you're going to ever have. And God created all of us the same. Nothing but the devil. Things with unknown histories which are not inherited. You don't know it. Don't put it in your house. Now, once you get your house clean, you got to be careful who go into your house. Here are some scriptures before we close of people to keep out of your house. Number one. From such turning away, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Therefore, from such turn away. Keep them out your house. If they don't deny the power of Jesus and the casting out of demons and the Sabbath, leave them alone. People that you're not supposed to eat with in your house, regardless of family, friends, or any others. 1 Corinthians 5.11 But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that be called a brother or a fornicator or covetousness, or an idolater, or a rattler, or a drunkener, or an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. Second John 1, 9 and 10, people that are supposed to come into your house, regardless of whether they are family, friends, or acquaintance, whosoever transgreted and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, have not God. He that abided in the doctrine of Christ, he had the Father, the Son, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. If they don't come to understand that Jesus is the Son of God, died and rose on the third day, he cast out demons, he's the Son of God, he took the prayer of the dad, keep him out your house. I don't care who it is. Ephesians 5, 5.11 says, and have no fellowship with any unfruitful work of darkness, but rather reprove them. You know a person of Satanist, don't bring them in your house. I was at a hospital chaplain, and for some reason, a lot of Satanists was, was watching me. Because one guy, one was in the hospital, and the Lord told me to go in there and talk to him. I said, you, 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 you're going to go straight to hell worshiping the devil. And the Lord would let me know when a Satanist would come. And the Lord told me, put that salt down that hospital door. And that anointing oil. He couldn't even get past the door. I said, come on. He said, I can't. I said, well, then what you need to talk to me about? I, he could not come across that. That thing. Faith works when it's mixed with the word. Withdraw thyself from people who are not abiding in the word. First Timothy 6, 5. Preserve disputers of men, corrupt minds, destitutes of the truth, supposing they gain this godliness from such. Withdraw thyself. You don't want them people in your house. They care. People care spirits. Anybody calls a division, leave them alone. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So bless your house. Commanded to go if you don't have enough experience to do it. If you're in an area where I can come, if you want to get me there or whatever to do a, a home exorcism in your house, I'll be happy to do so. But you can do it yourself. You have the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. In my name, you shall cast out devils. God does not want us ignorant with these things in our home. God wants us to have peace and welcome the Holy Spirit in your home. It's been a blessing to teach. We've been doing it since 2. We have cleared today. Today, we thank you for listening to us here at Live Deliverance in that radio. I want to thank all who have been listening. God bless you. We're going to try to open this mic up with Evangelist Janice Taylor for comments. You can't, you 
you can join us, but you won't be able to get in at area code 646-378-1857. I want to thank all of my listeners who have supported me here worldwide. Please sow a seed to us. We need your financial contributions in this ministry. Please go to www.livedeliverance.com. I want to say hello to Sister Kathleen Favors, a member here of Live Deliverance. God bless you. Happy Shalom and blessings to your family, to your children in college, and God bless you. Please sow a seed to www.livedeliverance.com on the lower left-hand corner of our icon. We have a PayPal. You can sow a seed. And you can go to www.livedeliverance.com, and you can hit where it says GoFundMe. Shalom. We'll see you Tuesday. Also, deliver a seminar every Saturday at 2 o'clock on this Sabbath day. We're going to now go to Blog Talk, open up for conversations. Come join us at Blog Talk Radio. Also, we're on air 24 hours a day right now at www.livedeliveranceinternetradioministries.com. 24 hours. This sermon will be broadcasted as soon as we get off air. Shalom and God bless. Okay, we're going to get ready to go into the blog talk room. Stand by. And Evangelist Janice Taylor, you have the mic. Well, praise the Lord, Apostle. I really did enjoy the teaching. I always love to hear you teach. I learn so much. I try to uh, go. I try to keep up with you and uh, go as fast as you go with the scriptures. But uh, I thank the Lord because uh, it's just just so much. There are levels. There are just levels uh, in this ministry. And I've been a deliverance minister for several years, but I don't profess to know it all. So I am constantly learning and constantly seeking the Lord to learn more concerning this because one thing I don't want to do is be in error uh, concerning this ministry. Um, there's a lot of a lot of heresy out there and a lot of damnable doctrine, and I refuse to be uh, a part of that. I refuse to get caught up in that. I, 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 if one of them was the prosperity uh, gospel, which is another gospel. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, you see all this stuff going on in the body of Christ today, and churches are just falling prey to it. I've seen these so-called prosperity preachers just come in and rape a whole church, just just take all the money from all the people. I'm talking about not just what's in their pocket. I'm talking about their retirement money, their 401K money. And, And then they have the nerve to boast about it, saying it's like taking candy from a baby. I said they have no fear of God. They have no fear whatsoever. So I am always thankful to learn the truth because the Bible says only the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, not fables, not uh, fancy preaching, not the huh and, and, and all of that. It is the truth of God's word that will make the people free, and the people are perishing for the lack of knowledge. These pastors, uh, they don't even encourage them today to read their own Bible. They don't want them to even bring it to the church. They are saying 
You don't have to bring your Bible. We're going to put it up on the screen. I need my Bible with me because I need to make sure what you got up on that screen is what is written in the Word of God. And um, I, I just cannot thank you enough for taking this time to teach the people uh, what no one else would do. No, I mean, people, they charge big money for this. They are charging big money for this. And uh, here you are, just freely you have received and freely you are giving out. So I thank God for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. Evangelist Taylor, let the audience know uh, when you're on air on, on Thursdays. I'm on, uh, um, I'm on on Thursday at 8 p.m. Um, the name of our ministry is Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry, and that's scriptural that comes from Zechariah 2 and 5. And um, I'm, I'm on every Thursday night at 8 p.m., glory be to God. And I thank God for the opportunity to come on, like you say, to teach and to preach and to share the word of God. I just hate to see people being deceived. I, I, I just hate to see uh, they're ravening wolves. The Bible said they are ravening wolves in sheep's clothing, hirelings, and all they want is money. They are not interested in the souls of these people. All they want is money. Oh, that's sad. I can't do that, Evangelist, because one, one day you're going to die, and you're going to have to answer for what you say. Well, first of all, they're patient. They're robbing poor people. I mean, people who already are on fixed income, they don't have a problem with robbing them, you know. Uh, there's no honor among thieves, but if a thief um, know you, nine times out of ten, if they steal from you, they won't take it all because they know you. They know your condition. They know, well, she really don't have much, so I ain't going to take it all. So a thief will leave you at least $20 because he felt sorry that, you know, he had to take your money, but he said, I ain't going to take it all. But not these thieves. These thieves will take it all. They will clean out your account. <laughs> they are emptying, yes, they are emptying 401Ks. They are telling the people to bring it all to them, and they are doing it. They're like the Pied Piper. They are leading people astray. They're leading them away from God. They are seducing them. And you know what advantage they They won't study. No, the people won't study. The pastors are not encouraging them to study. Yep. Now, my first pastor, he taught me, he said, you follow along with me. He taught me that. He said, when I'm teaching uh, from this Bible, he said, you open your Bible and follow along with me. In other words, make sure what I'm telling you is the truth. Yep, that's how it's supposed to be. And I don't teach yeah. about giving a scripture. I can't do it. I, I, I'm, I'm no, not make sure I got it, No, you Mm-mm. don't do it. You you will not do it. You 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 preach with so much word. That's why people can't dispute you because you give them chapter and verse after chapter and verse after chapter and verse. And this is what's happening. The people, the people even no when you do that, even when you do that, they still get mad at you. Of course they do because they don't like the truth. You know, uh, uh, people just, they still hate the truth because everybody wants to lean to their own understanding. Well, you cannot take the gospel 
and uh, try to make it applicable to your situation. I'm finding out that a lot of people are angry uh, when the saints of God condemn homosexuality. They're angry because they got a homosexual son or a homosexual daughter or maybe a, a homosexual sister. But it doesn't matter if it's in your family or if it's in your house. It's still the truth. And God said it's an abomination. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And they don't like it. They say, are we supposed to show love? We do love them. We do love them enough to tell them the truth. That's true. And, and you know, time's running out. Yes, it is. Time is running out. Evangelist Taylor, do you have a sermon yet or not? Um, I, I, no, I, I, God gave me something today, but I'm not sure he's finished. I'm not sure that God is finished with it. So I don't want to announce it because even by, by Thursday, he could, he could take me another way. So I'm always going to wait I, on him. I done been through that, Evangelist Taylor. He done carried me seven different ways today. <laughs> <laughs> But he, look, he's God, and he can do that. That's right. Just, we just got to follow him. Amen? Amen. You know, I saw a picture, a picture on, um, somebody had posted it on Facebook the other day, and it was of two men um, claiming to be, to, to be married and said that they were renewing their fifth-year uh, vows. And so, you know, I responded. I said, this is an abomination. This is sad. And um, the man called himself a bishop. And I said, a bishop of what? A young lady that I know personally, she um, responded and said, he actually has an awesome church. And I said, it's impossible. This man who calls himself a bishop, who claims that he's married, to another man cannot have an awesome church because it's not founded upon the truth. If it's not founded upon the truth, Apostle, it's not a church. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you're doing good because you're holding your ground. It is against Scripture. Yeah, I'm not going to back down. And don't. I ain't either. I had seven losses. I'm all of Yeah. Yeah, the Lord said it's time to plow up the fallow ground. I'm going to cry loud and spare not. If it's me, I I want somebody to point it out, Janice, you. And if it's somebody else, I'm going to preach it. I'm not going to back down. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word in season and out of season. Well, the word is definitely out of season right now. People don't want to hear it. It's not popular, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Yep. And the Bible says it will be like that before you come. Yes. So we know that the end is near. Yeah. People and, getting and persecuted. The when he comes, will he find faith in the earth? That's right. And what's going on now, I don't see no faith in no earth. It's compromise. It's compromise. Well, that's my son or that's my daughter. I don't want to offend them. Let me tell you something. This gospel is very offensive to sin and to sinners. It's going to be offensive. Yep. Yeah, it's offensive. Yep. To those that are wicked, it's offensive to the wicked. Mm. 
Mm. And mm. they don't mm. want to hear it. They don't want to hear that they, their, their nice son who bought them a house or bought them a car could possibly be on his way to hell. But if he's not walking upright uh, uh, in the, according to this word, yes, that's where he's going to end up. That's true. If that is so true. Gospel, I was so glad that you shared that last week about another gospel because they are preaching another gospel. Do you know I heard this? I watched the video, so I heard this with my own ears. I heard uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant talking about fornication, and he said for these young people, he can preach, you know, don't fornicate. He said, but for, for you older ones that's used to getting a little bit, he said, I got to preach another gospel to them. Mm, mm, I mm. said, my God. He just he outright said he's going to preach another gospel. Oh, have mercy. That's dangerous. Now, there is no other gospel, so that means he's going to preach lies to them. Oh. He's going to tell that's, them that they can fornicate and still be saved. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 that no fornicator, no liar, no effeminate, no abuser of themselves, abusers with mankind, shall inherit the kingdom of God. So no fornicator is going to heaven. Well, that infeminate, no infinite, that's, that's, that's a man acting as a female. That's right. That's right. And so you got that, these people. He he's telling them that he's gonna have to preach another gospel to them. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I'm gonna send you the video. I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, I I, I need to put that on the internet. I need yeah, that. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. This is the same pastor that said he was gonna sell weed from the church, and that's how he's gonna win the drug boys. Oh, they just creating all kind of ways. People are sitting faithfully under this man's ministry. Jesus Christ. Lord, help me. But the Bible says they would rather hear a lie than the truth. Yep, and it's like that now. We in that day. We in that day. Yeah, we we are there. Yes. Uh, close us out in, in prayer. Father, it's in the name of Jesus. God, we want to say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for this teaching. Thank you for Apostle Overton. Thank you, God, that he is willing to sacrifice his time to come on this radio and teach deliverance and teach your people. God, your word says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And, God, he is teaching us what we need to know. So I want to say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. And thank you for giving him the willingness to come on this radio and do this. Father, I pray for the people. I pray that those that they would have ears to hear 
what the Spirit is saying. I pray, oh God, that once they hear the truth, your word says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I pray, God, that chains were broken today, that lives have been changed. I pray that people have received Jesus Christ on today, that they repented of their sins and have been saved just by this teaching on today. God, I'm asking you to remember your people, oh God. Don't let us perish, oh God, because of our sinful and erroneous and wicked ways. God, you are a God of mercy. Your word says that your mercy endures forever. I thank you, oh God, that you are such a merciful God, that they are new every morning, and that your compassions fail not, oh God. Father, I just thank you for all that you have done today. I pray, oh God, that this word hit home today. I pray that holy conviction came forth, and I pray, oh God, that somebody's eyes have been opened. I thank you for the healing that pastor, that apostle uh, pronounced today, that you he prophesied healing of the gallbladder, healing of cirrhosis of the liver, and somebody's legs and feet being swollen, they are being healed. I thank you, God, for that word of knowledge. Father, I praise you and I bless your holy name. I thank you, God, for the one with headaches, that those headaches have been healed in Jesus' name. Migraines, be gone in Jesus' name. God, we give you glory. We thank you that you love us so much that you would not leave us in the condition that you found us and that you sent your son Jesus to die on Calvary's cross so that we could live. Help us, oh God. Help us, God, to live as you have created us to live and walk in the newness of life. We thank you, we love you, and we praise your holy name. For you are worthy to be praised. It's in Jesus' name that we have prayed this prayer with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you, Vance Taylor. God bless everybody who's listening to us here on Live Deliverance and Net Radio. And we're going to leave with some music by Vance Janet Taylor. Single friend. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.